following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome to Main Street Preps North, brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. My name is Brady McAtamney, sports editor for Main Street Clarksville. That is my co-host, Blaine Keller, Robertson County Connection. Blaine, how it's you doing It's a little wet and a little muggy outside, but I got to be honest, I kind of like it. You know, it's it's a bit better than yeah. freezing cold or blazing hot. So I'm okay with 50 yeah. and rainy right now. I would take sunny and cold over 50 and mm-hmm. rainy, personally, but... You know, that's just me. I kind of like having that vitamin D to, you know, cheer me up a little bit. But I'm also used to living in the cold. Um, but let's get right into our show. We have an awesome first guest for you guys today. It is DJ Merriweather, quarterback, point guard, uh, pitcher, first baseman at Clarksville Academy. Uh, just yesterday, he won Mr. Football for Den- Tennessee's uh, Division Two A. Uh, listen to these stats, Blaine. He uh, threw for... 2,211 yards and 30 touchdowns, only three interceptions, ran for 1,048 yards and 14 touchdowns, had 42 tackles, two interceptions, and a defensive touchdown, and a 37.1 yards per punt average. So you can quite literally say that DJ did everything for the Clarksville Academy Cougars. Uh, DJ, congratulations, and how you doing today, man? Thank you, and I'm doing well. Good to hear. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that Mr. Football Award, man. Just like kind of what that honor means to you. Uh, it means a lot. I'm just really thankful for it. And I just want to thank Coach Murray and my teammates for pushing me towards that goal and helping that dream come true. To go up against a couple of really solid finalists in that class, uh, Kevin Finch of University School of Jackson, and Jared Curtis of National Christian School, you know, somebody that you guys were familiar with throughout the season. That's somebody you faced in the regular season. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the reaction. Uh, I was at Nissan Stadium during the, the awards ceremony, and I guess it was one of your family members let out this, this huge shriek whenever your name was announced as the award winner. Just talk about who that was and what it meant to kind of have your family, coaches, and friends there yesterday. Yeah, so my sisters and my family, they support me so much. And she told me that if I won, she was going to try not to make a scene, but she couldn't hold it in. She just had to let it go. It just means so much to me because they're not afraid to step out of the norm and support me in anything I do. Yeah, we're, we're any, what, what was the reaction from your teammates? I know a lot of your teammates are some of your best friends, guys like Jock Cooper and uh, some of the others that you play, multiple others sports with uh what, what did you hear from they, them once uh, they, they were at school they were at school and they were watching it live and uh, they said the school just erupted everybody was cheering everybody was texting me just congratulating me the school just went crazy man that's pretty awesome what does that say about like the community that you guys have there at ca i love it it's very family family oriented oriented so everybody knows everybody 
walk around, you get to talk to everybody K through 12. I just love it. It's just, if you haven't been, haven't had a chance to be here, I feel like you should be here. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of our coworkers, uh, Tyler Problems here, he wrote a great story about you and he also had a tweet last night uh, or during the, the uh, award ceremony saying that uh, some of these guys have great hair that's been underneath uh, these helmets all season. And I got to imagine part of that was after seeing, uh, seeing you. Absolutely. Has to be right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I've, I've gotten to see it, see, you know, during baseball and, 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 and basketball, but uh, what do you think? Maybe that does that helmet keep your hair a little too uh, covered. Yeah, a little bit too much. And then I wear it out sometimes. I didn't want to wear it out during football because they were trying to like pull my pull my hair while they yeah. tried to me. And I don't want that to happen. So for yeah. basketball, you can't really do that. So I'm wearing it out for basketball. Does a yeah, lot go into it? I'm sure that's a question you maybe get a little bit. People see the 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 huge mane that you kind of sported yesterday mm -hmm. and you know that you've grown out. What what's the routine? What's the what's the care that goes into that? So I wash it like every three days. You're not supposed to wash your hair every day. So I wash it like every three days. And then my mom, she does a lot to it. Like she's the one that takes care of it a lot. She makes it look nice every day. Hey, that, that's a that's a head of hair to be proud of, man. I, I got to be honest. I, I'm glad she she understands that too. Um, like you said, you get to wear it out a little more during basketball. And I want to talk about basketball season a little bit because you're also a starter for the basketball team. Uh, you guys came very close to winning it all last year, finishing the final four, losing to the eventual champions, FACS. Uh, do you guys think that maybe this year you guys have a chance to get further than you did last year? Absolutely. We our, we got a new head coach, and he's really pushing us in the direction that's in the right way. So I feel like we have a really good chance, maybe better than last year, to go and win that gold ball. Yeah, I definitely agree. Seeing you guys play, uh, I've seen you been hitting some three pointers, playing some defense. Uh, it's definitely cool to see. But uh, you know, you're also a baseball player, and you were a Mister Baseball finalist uh, this past baseball season. I don't have your stats up on me here, but under a two ERA, several home runs, hitting over 500, pretty incredible stuff. Uh, what do you think? Do you think you have it in you to uh, get that Mister Baseball win <laughs> to go with Mister uh, Football? I certainly hope so, but baseball is such a tough game. You never know what you're going to get in, get into day in and day out. So we can just keep on working towards it. My teammates can push me and help me get to that goal. I'd be interested to know the last time someone in the state of Tennessee won Mr. Football and Mr. Baseball, not, let alone in the same season, but during the course of their career. DJ, which of these sports comes the most natural to you? being a three-sport athlete and having success in all of them, you know, what, how does it, I mean, it's kind of a silly question, but how does it come so easy to you and which one do you think you're just the most naturally gifted at? I think I was the most naturally gifted in football because I took, I played it whenever I was growing up, but then I took like four or five years off and came back last year to play football. And in two years, I won Mr. Football. So I think most definitely football because I took a time off and came back and just won this award. I know you and your buddy Cooper Wallace, teammate with you, uh, have been taking some college visit visits uh, for football. Uh, do you see yourself uh, playing football and maybe baseball in college? 
he said hopefully both but if it comes down to it i don't know which one i'll pay but hopefully we can get both <laughs> yeah luckily luckily you don't have to make that decision right now so <laughs> that is good but um DJ, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, man. And uh, congratulations again on winning Mr. Football. Obviously a huge honor. And good luck with the rest of the basketball season. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, DJ. That was DJ Merriweather, Clarksville Academy quarterback, guard, first baseman, pitcher, uh, linebacker, and punter. Uh, He's got a lot of different hats that he wears and uh, some great hair underneath those hats, I would say. Um, We're going to take a a quick break here on MSP North. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be getting with a basketball coach from Robertson County. There's your teaser. So stick around. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. And we're back on Main Street Preps North, brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Blaine Keller, Brady McAtamney to my right. I guess maybe your left if you're, depending on how you're viewing it. I'm not good with those. But we just finished talking with Division 2A Mr. Football winner from Clarksville Academy, DJ Merriweather. We're taking it to the basketball court now, bringing on Joe Burns girls basketball coach in his first year, Jared Hawkins. Coach Hawkins, you got us? One second. We're getting in just a moment. Time to give you a preview here on how the uh, – Lady Devils have done in their first season. Under Hawkins, they won 21 games last year and had a solid core of Brooke Dallin, Reese Payne, Grayson Bryant. They won 21 games as seniors. That trio did, and they didn't play very deep. Their previous coach, Jessica Holt, only ran about six players through their rotation just because those players were so good. And, and, you know, you kind of look at the success that they've had over the past four years. There was a point in time eventually coming where Joe Burns was going to need to build things back up. And they're doing that now under Hawkins. Uh, you know, they picked up their first win Tuesday at STEM Prep. Started out the year 0-3 with losses to McEwen, Houston County, and Cheatham County. Brady, I-, I know you have a lot of experience dealing with girls' basketball teams that are in states of rebuilds. What do you think the biggest key is kind of for Robertson County teams and Montgomery County teams to rebuild? I think it's really just a matter of building that talent level up. Um you know, sometimes you have players who you have girls who play basketball and you have basketball players. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but there's a big difference between the two. Uh, and you want to be able to turn those girls into basketball players, you know, get that basketball IQ up. And even if they're not the most athletically gifted, you can still raise that talent level because basketball is not all about athleticism. And I think Luka Doncic has has proven that Uh but uh, I, th- I think it's really just a matter of getting that basketball IQ up, getting them to kind of play as a team and understand what they're doing. And uh, if you can do that, then you can really uh, accelerate. Shout out to my Dallas Mavericks there. We've got Coach Hawkins on now. Coach, I'm not sure if you heard too much of that assessment. But in, in your first year with this one and three start, how much developing have you guys had to do offensively and defensively so far? 
we may have lost Coach Hawkins. May have to bring him back here in a second, but we'll look at the schedule ahead for Joe Burns here. Continue to to work on on getting Coach Hawkins in here today on Main Street Preps North. Interesting game for the Lady Devils on Friday. They are hosting Trousdale County. That one's really important. That's a team that Hawkins coached at before uh, being at Joe Burns, and you know that's another district game for them. And when you look at the scale of a schedule as a whole, it doesn't matter that they started the year 0-3. It matters mm-hmm. that they're 1-0 in the district, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's tough to be able to play these district games right off the bat. I know a lot of teams in Montgomery County have been telling me, um, you know what, we're, we're struggling right now, but we're not playing district yet. You know, that comes in January, and that's kind of something they've been able to take solace in. So for a team like Joe Burns to be playing district right away, you know, that, that means they've had to grow up quick. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think depending on the state of your team and where you are as a program, some teams may like playing district games right off the bat because they've got a solid roster or they've got something that they can really build off of uh, that they can use as an advantage to start the year. And maybe some others, like you said, don't like playing that right away because they need some developing to do. Let's look at our counties as a whole, Brady. Do you feel like there are any teams in Montgomery County that really benefit from playing an early district schedule? Yeah, I think there are several teams, especially on the boys' side right now, I'm looking at Kenwood, uh, Northwest, Northeast, and West Creek especially because those are all teams that have talent on the team, kind of younger teams, Um, you know, maybe some players playing who aren't the most experienced, athletic, um, but need time to, you know, kind of really gel. And uh, Kenwood is especially one of those teams. Um, They lost their top three players from last season, Uh, one to graduation, one's not playing basketball anymore, and one had a season-ending injury. So they're really – playing a lot of guys who don't have much varsity experience um and uh, head coach chase cronin he and i have talked quite a lot about you know them really figuring things out and he still thinks that they can definitely be a team competing for the district once uh, district time comes around well the good thing about at least in kenwood's situation and i think some other districts in robertson county feel the same way because you are playing in such small districts now i believe kenwood's got four teams is that right that's right. Yeah, they've got four teams. I know there are a couple of squads in Robertson County that play no fewer than five. So you've got some smaller regions, smaller districts, and that definitely helps you in the long run too, you know, getting familiar with that opponent and also knowing that there's not too much you have to do to get into the postseason and get past the first round of the district. Yep. I mean, it, it really just depends on when you get hot and, uh, yeah, that district is uh, Kenwood, Northwest, Dixon, and Henry County. So uh, I think that di- that di- district is probably – they'd consider it down right now because uh, Kenwood, usually a good basketball program, not having a great year. Uh, Northwest has kind of been rebuilding since losing Amitri Moss. Uh, Dixon, while you know, they're always there, they're not necessarily a basketball school. And Henry County, I think, is kind of on a down year as well uh, as we saw uh, Northeast beat them earlier in the season and and like i said northeast is kind of one of those teams that's kind of building themselves up right now so um yeah that district feels wide open yeah and if i'm not mistaken henry county lost their coach from last year i I know their coach had been around for quite a while i think he moved uh farther west but Mm -hmm. you know kind of touching on joe burns a little bit i don't think we're going to get unfortunately not going to get in jared hawkins today joe burns girls basketball coach but let's give some love to the boys side uh their basketball team as well they're four and one to start the year and 324 student Joe Burns somehow got two transfers to come in and one of them starting in the post. He's six foot five, six foot six, Keelan Clardy. 
one of them six foot two, six foot three in Glencliff's Arnett Cotton. Those those two guys have really brought a lot to that team, really have made them athletic, not only one through five in their starting lineup, but even down their bench. I saw them play Tuesday at STEM prep to open district play, and it felt like every single possession they were getting the ball right at the rim. And maybe part of that's the opposition that they're playing. Part of that's the competition. But, Brady, you know better than most people that when you add in transfers, you add in new guys, that just adds a whole other level to your team. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it takes a little time to integrate those guys. Um, you know, looking at a team like uh, Rossview this year, they added transfers Quaymon Lindsley from Northwest and Chance Martin from Dixon County. Uh, those two guys have contributed heavily. Uh, they've um, – and, and they've 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 helped a lot. They they're still integrating those guys, like I mentioned. Um, but you also look at teams like Clarksville High uh, when they went to um, in the state tournament run. They added uh, Javon Martin, Charles Freeman for their first uh, state run, and those guys hadn't been on the team before. It took them a little while to really get fully into the team. But once they were fully integrated, once those guys kind of got comfortable with their teammates, that team was looked unstoppable. Yeah, and just for reference, when you think about the enrollment of Clarksville and Rossview both getting two, you know, transfers coming into their program, Clarksville has an enrollment of 1,372. Rossview's is 1,781, according to TWSWA.com. So yeah. when you look at that, I mean, that's almost four, maybe five times the size of Joe Burns as is. So really, mm -hmm. just a, a big impact, a big influx of transfers can really just change the dynamic especially of a 1A team, but they're going to have a, a tall road ahead of them. They'll they'll be facing off against East Robertson in their district. Of course, that's not only their rival, but the reigning class 1A state champions, and they'll face Clay County in their region as well. So there's a lot of talent ahead of them, and they're going to really need to gel if they want to hit those same strides that we talk about with Rossville and Clarksville. Yeah, and uh, you know, you mentioned East Robertson there. I think that's a pretty good lead into our one thing segment for today as uh, you've got a little East Robertson news for us. Yeah, you know, we talked about we talked with DJ Merriweather, who won the Mr. Football Award for Division 2A yesterday. And East Robertson had a Mr. Football finalist of its own on the podium in Nissan Stadium, Zach Prince, finished as one of three finalists. Unfortunately, he did not win the award. Uh, that went to Tyner Academy's Josh Jackson. Tyner Academy beat East Robertson 35 to 7 in the class 2A quarterfinals last year. And Prince finishes still with a really good season. I think, you know, even though he didn't come away with the Mr. Football Award, you've got a lot to be proud of there. 1,818 yards, 10th most in the state, I might add, and 31 total touchdowns. So a lot to hang your hat on, even, even though you didn't come away with the nice big trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing to be ashamed of there at all. Very, very good season for Zach Prince. And he's playing basketball now, so another chance to uh, go out there and have another great season. Um, I want to start my one thing off by talking about the West Street girls basketball program. Um, this is a team that has ever since I've been here, uh, just been not great uh, to put it lightly. Um, but this season they started out the year by beating Republic by 38 points. Uh, the other day beat Kenwood by 28 points. So those are two blowout wins over lesser opponents. But as I said in my story, that's kind of just the thing is that there are teams that that are lesser than West Creek. Excuse me. Um, th they've always kind of been that that doormat for teams where, you know, you say, okay, well, we got West Creek. We can maybe take it easier this <laughs> this game or something like that. But now they've got some talent level that they've uh, finally acquired. They've got some girls who are 
who really know what to do in those games. They can shoot it a little bit. They can get to the rim, draw fouls. Uh, still a long way to go for them, but you know, having them win two games by that amount, you know, it kind of shows that they've maybe turned a little bit of a corner. Yeah, if if you were to look at West Creek a couple of years ago, teams would be feeding off of them. They're at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Now West Creek can feed off of other teams. So even though you can say that it's not that great of competition, like you said, it's still competition that they can beat. So a lot, a lot to look forward to there. Little more football news for you out of Robertson County. Friday in Clarksville at Austin P is the East West All-Star Classic. I believe it's the 14th or 15th year of this event. Top seniors in the state battling it out. They spend all week practicing. It's a fun event. You've got five players that were on the roster as of today that that's dwindled down to four. Springfield's got Devin Crenshaw and Logan Leftrick on the roster. East Robertson's got Sean Groves and Zach Prince. Nathan Robinson, who was supposed to be on the roster for Greenbrier, will not attend. I was told that this morning. Most interesting thing about this list, though, Devin Crenshaw listed as an athlete and a long snapper, not a quarterback. I believe yeah. Ryan Dameron and Nolansville's quarterback, Kobe Walden, are the two quarterbacks there. I really want to see what position they're going to plug Devin at. Yeah, uh, seeing a guy go from quarterback to long snapper seemingly overnight, I guess you don't really see that, but Devin is a big kid, man. Um, pretty good athlete for his size, so we'll see. You know, Maybe he gets looks at something like tight end or something like that. Maybe, maybe at guard, we'll see, because he's definitely got that kind of size. Yeah, it would be funny to – I think the most interesting position would see him, see him at offensive line. Let's let's plug the six foot two, two sixty kid at offensive line. But he he does play a lot of uh, middle linebacker, plays a little bit of defensive line. He did that before he was a quarterback at Springfield, so that might be where they plug him in on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of football, but maybe not the conventional sense of it. Uh, yesterday, I was at Montgomery Central, where Sarah Rancorn, a basketball, volleyball, and softball player for the Lady Indians, signed to play flag football at Milligan. Uh, she is the first ever flag football signee out of Montgomery County. Uh, she said that she had never played football until her freshman year of high school uh, when she uh, played that in their powder puff game. And she said, not to brag, that's her, that's her quote, uh, but she kind of just ran circles around everybody when she got the ball. So she did that again as a sophomore, as a junior, as a, and at a, as a uh, senior. They went undefeated in her four years. Uh, playing powder puff football she's like you know what this is pretty fun i kind of want to do this in college too so that's what she did she went to combines three shot to coaches and what do you know she signed on to play college flag football it's a busy day in clarksville yesterday dj merriweather with the mr football award eddie ricks signed with moorhead state do i have that right that's right and sarah rankhorn signed a very busy day for you brady huh Mm mm-hmm We'll give you a quick score roundup of basketball from Tuesday in Robertson County. Three of the four games that were played were sweeps. Joe Burns girls basketball and boys basketball really rolled over STEM prep to open district play. The girls won 61 to 12. The boys won 79 to 45. Greenbrier swept White House Heritage. The girls improved to five and two with a 50 to 35 win. The boys won 52 to 42 over Heritage. Portland and Springfield put together a couple of solid games to watch. Portland girls came away with an overtime win over Springfield 36 to 33 and Portland boys extended Springfield's losing streak with a 60 to 52 win White House and Hunters Lane were the only two teams to split on Tuesday White House girls beating Hunters Lane 56 to 31 and Hunters Lane boys beating White House 
56 to 54 rough start for the blue devils rough start for the blue devils indeed but um you know we'll see if they're able to pick it up white house is a school that you know, usually has pretty decent athletics so We'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of a rough start, I, I, you know, I mentioned Kenwood earlier. Uh, they took tough losses against City Foes, Northeast, and West Creek. I was at both of those games, uh, dropping them to 0-6. But Northeast got a gutty win uh, carried by Nazir Leonard and Tatum Carney, whereas West Creek had 10 different players score in their win against Kenwood. So uh, very interesting to see how some of these teams operate differently and really looking forward to seeing the growth out of all three of those teams because they're three kind of built similarly. Um, but... You know, as you can see, some are some are a little further ahead now than others. And that's our one thing segment here on Main Street Preps North, brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Brady, I think that warrants one more break for us. When we come back, let's talk our game of the week and player of the week in Montgomery and Robertson County. Stay tuned. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It was just a few cocktails at happy hour. <laughs> Really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm gonna hang on, okay? And we are back we got a couple minutes left here as we talk about our games of the week and our players of the week uh blaine why don't you start us off by talking about a little bit of a, a rivalry game coming up yeah I, I i think it's a little bit of a rivalry it feels like every time any county team plays in, in robertson county i'm not sure if montgomery county is the same way it's always some sort of rivalry but mm -hmm. tonight's games between east robertson and white house should be a pretty fun one just based on how these two teams have kind of struggled to start the year both on the girls side and the boys side east robertson girls are I believe they picked up their first win Tuesday. And then White House boys really struggled as well. Uh, they're one and four. And then East Robertson picked up its second win. I believe they're two and three. So you've got four teams that all have losing records, but this could really be a get-right game for them. You know, East Robertson is going to figure things out, being the state champions and having their football players kind of get into basketball mode. White House has had its players for a while, so you really would expect them to kind of get things into gear now or never before the new year starts. So really look at these games as maybe a springboard for either of these teams to try to figure things out moving forward. Indeed. Uh, I'm looking at the Rossview versus Northwest girls game tomorrow on Friday. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bit of a cough here today. Um, these are two teams that, uh, are still both pretty good. Uh, both have Division One players in Northwest Amaya Cobb, committed to SIUE, and Tori James, a junior, still uncommitted, but with multiple D1 offers. But they also both lost D1 players from last year. Of course, Northwest losing Tamia Scott, a uh, Miss Basketball finalist, and Rossview, she's now at MTSU. Rossview lost Sydney James Roche, who is now at Eastern Illinois. So, uh, you know, of course, Rossview coached by former White House Heritage head coach Clay Head. Uh, Northwest has had Ben Wallace around for a while, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how those two teams match up. Yeah, let's move on to our Player of the Week segment. I've given Joe Burns a lot of love here, but it feels like I don't talk about them enough in the scale of fall sports, winter sports, spring sports. Give me Jacob Miller, somebody I didn't mention in our last segment. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists in 16 minutes. Shout out to Digital Scout for giving me all those stats. It's a post-heavy team that's won four of its first five games, and Jacob Miller's 
the leader of that team so far down low, he was really efficient, even though he picked up two early fouls. Yeah, and I already talked about one Rancorn. I'm going to talk about the other. Josiah Rancorn from Montgomery Central scored 24 points against Houston County, hit the game winner in that game, so very cool. Uh, great great couple of days for that family as Sarah signs. Josiah has a big game for Houston against Houston County for Montgomery Central. And uh, like he hit a buzzer beater, that was my buzzer beater for the show. Uh, exactly, just like that. So thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in to Main Street Preps uh, North, brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. And we will talk to you next week.